When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Welcome to episode number 258 of On the Corner of the Official Pitchless.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. Got a little whiplash doing that. And I am here, as always, with Mr. Uh, uh, um, the president of the Three Doors Down fan club himself, Nick Pollock. I okay. There's so many questions. First of all, you didn't say joined. You said here with. This is you never do that. I've never said joined. Yes, and I'm joined, joined by. Yes, I've never said joined in my every life. Every single time. Never said joined in my entire life. No. Nope. What's that thing where you think you know something and you're 100 percent positive, but it turns out it's wrong? Yeah, that's it's, you right now. No, it's you right now. No, no. <laughs> Listen to the other. Everyone will know. I'm everyone joined will know. by. Yes, you never say it every time. Life. Never every in my time. life. Never in my life. What's that What's thing that? called? Wait, what is three, three Doors Down? What do you... I don't know. I was just thinking about that. You remember Three Doors Down had that song. Crypt and, and then Our Lady Peace had a song called Superman, right? Yeah, sure. What, what was the better song? Uh, three Doors Down, because I don't know, even know the one you're talking about. I think it's Our Lady Peace. See, I don't even know that one. Exactly. Uh, I, I think they had a great album cover, too. What is sure. up? We have so Why much- is this me? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we have so much to talk about today as we're off to a great start. Yeah, fantastic. But today's a new iteration of the podcast. If I remember to do oh, it yeah. this time, we're going to break it you down in a different way yeah. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Give us some feedback. Right. Uh, you know what? Don't, don't immediately poo-poo it. And we're not doing anything drastically different. We're still going to talk about pictures, but we're going to talk about them in tears, yes. as opposed to the way yeah, that we're, we're going to be crying yeah, and exactly. smiles, <laughs> laughs and tears and crying and all that stuff. Uh, so give it a few episodes. Let us know what you think of it. But we're going to give it a shot. Before we do that, you got to be on PL Plus, especially with like there's so much news that breaks every single day and there's so many decisions to make. And PL Plus is a great way for us to help you make those decisions. You should be checking out the First Pitch podcast each morning. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. I got Nick on the TikTok. Where can he they did. follow you there? Yeah, uh, that's a Nick Pollock PL. So definitely, uh, I do a quick breakdown uh, of video. They're great. Uh, it's pretty cool. That's a good time. They're awesome. And then we're on Instagram at Petrolist at AlexFast8 and AlexFastPL. Also, our little Twitch star over here been absolutely crushing the game. Uh, you, I, I've been loving these breakdowns. These breakdowns have been fantastic. Also, you, if you're not coming for the pitching analysis, you should come for the comedy, oh as God. Nick had made a, this was made amazing a, a today. great if, thing today. If you don't know Josh Sperry, you should be following him on Twitter. And uh, he does a lot of our video editing and all that kind of stuff. Josh, there was a moment today when um, my camera froze and uh, I couldn't figure it out. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> it was it was, it was was pretty great. I mean, terrible, but great, you know. And uh, that's kind of stuff you'll only get at twitch.tv slash pitcherless as Very I live nice. streamed all four hours. I do it pretty much just 12 to 4 as I do the list and I stick around that extra hour to write the notes with everybody as they edit it for me as I'm doing it. It is really, I am so enjoying the Twitch adventure we've been on this year. It, it seems very fun. Every time I pop in, there's quite a crowd. They're all very excited to be there. They're all engaging with you. Uh, and, and the way that I like to phrase it, it's like my office hours. I know yeah. that uh, I haven't been as good on the site and on Twitter answering questions. It's pretty much because I make myself so accessible on Twitch now. It's really easy. Just jump in, ask your question. I'll give you the answer to it, even if I've answered it before. And there you go. That's it. It's that quick and easy and accessible. Uh, so definitely pop in. I don't think you can call it office hours anymore, though. Well, I mean, that's you know what, when it is. That's what Tim Tim Heidecker does. Office hours. Is very oh, funny. is that right? It's very funny to watch. Although I guess you can. Um. So so when else they can check you out every Monday twice, and then yes. you're also streaming when? Yeah. So it's eight thirty to eleven a.m. every Monday through Friday morning Eastern time, and then twelve to four on Mondays as I do the list. Yes, and I mean he is dedicated. There's I found a new restaurant right around Nick called Winner that has these fantastic sandwiches they do in the morning. They sell it really quick, and he's like, I can't even get that because I got to be Twitch streaming, and that's like right. nothing stands between. Me and a nice breakfast sandwich. So, I hats off to you, my friend. Well, you know, I try. 
You do try and you succeed. Um, So we're going to break down the list today a little bit differently. We've been hinting at about doing this for the past two weeks. I finally remembered. And we're not going to do it where it's like the biggest risers and the biggest followers. We're still going to talk about a lot of those guys in context. But as Nick brought up a few weeks ago, these tiers are super important. He he puts a lot of thought into Mm. these tiers. And so that's actually how we're going to do it. We're not going to break down every pitcher because we don't have all that time. But we are going to go tier by tier and do some of the biggest risers and biggest followers within those tiers. Get some insight from you about what those tiers are all about exactly yep so uh, i mean it starts off with tier one boring which was kind of funny though because as i was going on the on the stream i got i have rules about who's on the list and who's off of it mm-hmm. essentially the rule is if you are uh in the rotation currently like you just pitched a star in the rotation and there hasn't been an il stint or you haven't been confirmed to be missing in this next week then missing you know on, yeah. all the posters and the milk cartons now actually like missing that start then you are staying on the list so everyone was like oh i think maybe degrom might go on the il i was like well Nothing's confirmed. Then, yeah, like, yeah. 30 minutes left before the stream ended, DeGrom was confirmed in the IL, so he's been removed. Yes, he has been removed because there was a conversation of, was he, st- oh, he would still be number one Yes, if he's there. If he's pitching, he's number one. I think he's kind of shown that he's the Absolutely. best around. Um, and then Bieber Cole, I mean, really, like, it, was there any particular deciding factor there? I mean, it doesn't matter. It's more that they are, uh, I made those rankings preseason for six months, mm-hmm. and we're only a month in. I will say it's, like, 15 to 20% more strikeouts so far for Bieber. Than Cole, despite the same amount of starts. And it's kind of weird because the strikeout rates aren't different, but it's because Bieber has just thrown more innings. Yeah. And so that's something to consider, even though, of course, the ERA and Whip are better so far for Cole. It was interesting. I was at that last Cole start, and I was actually about to tweet a piece of trivia, which was about, like, this was the first time in, like, three years that he had gone... Uh, seven innings and only struck out like two because coming into sure. the seventh, I think he only had two strikeouts and I think he struck out the side and ended with five. It could be wrong Something about along that. those lines, but it wasn't overwhelming. No, it was not. It was he waited until the very end to get those strikeouts. He was still dealing just fine. Of but uh, and I remember Martin Maldonado was the guy who was getting the hits because that's baseball, Susan. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for tier one, and that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. <laughs> I am <laughs> Alex Fast. Um, all right, so we're going to move on to tier two. A lot of risers in here. A few number uh, like just rising one because Degrom falling off the list. Obviously, the biggest riser here uh, is is uh, or so far is Max Scherzer at number five. I mean, returning to form in this most recent start with a 14 strikeout game. Like what? I mean, he's killing it. Uh, this was a bit of an instinct I had in the preseason that I wish I acted on more. And I hate this. Uh, I don't I don't want to say it like that, but it's more of like, oh, there was a feeling that last year in the fall that Max Scherzer was just underperforming and like over the full season. That he wasn't going to have like a 370 array or so. Yes. And that he was actually going to be back to form. He was obviously going to be pitching as much as possible. Now, all those concerns are still there that maybe Max Scherzer doesn't have the same stamina as far as his health goes for the entire season. But yeah, I mean, he's obviously being like Max Scherzer of old at this moment. Uh, and uh, considering that the other guys that fell had to fall, Max Scherzer seemed like the likely guy to get five. Actually, rather six. No, five because DeGrom's gone. Yeah, he was I gotta, you know, Mentally, I got to adjust like that right no, now. Yeah, that's fine. I know it was like 30 minutes before you had to make that change. <laughs> I, you know, I remember we talked about Scherzer earlier on saying that it was uh, when he was ahead in the count, his WOBA was higher than ever, which seemed like such mm. an easy fix for him. Sure, like last yeah. year, he just wasn't executing the same way. And what I love about Max Scherzer is like, it's not like you go to his baseball savant page and you're like, well, he's throwing a slider 15% more percent, you know, 50% more and his change up a little bit. Less. He's pretty much doing everything the same that he's done for the past four years. Maybe there's a slight cut or change, but it really doesn't matter because it's right. still at like 10%. So who cares? He's just a blast to watch. And I yep. think you got to be happy if you have him. Um, all right. So the next up in this tier is going to be Curbin, Curbin Burns. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Curbin Burns. Corbin Burns returns uh, back. Now, we never really got an official COVID diagnosis, right? Sure. Now, I still kind of believe that this is Dodgeritis Phantom IL kind of stuff. Ooh. I mean, I, I really think like Corbin Burns, they want like help Corbin Burns at the end of the year, right? right they want yeah. Corbin Burns to make a playoff push. Sure. And I don't think, you know, with this team as unhealthy as it is that they, I, I don't know. That's all extreme conjecture. Either way, he's back. And correct me if I'm wrong, is this the first time he's in the top 10 this year? Uh, it is. Okay. It is. I mean, the quality of innings has been so good, and the fact that Nolan Giolito had to fall pushes Burns into the top 10. Remember, before the uh, the quote-unquote COVID IL that he went on, mm-hmm. uh, he was in- hinting at the top 10. Yeah, definitely. But then DeGrom, Giolito, Nola now have been you know, pushed back or different or away so that now Burns can enter. So... Okay, well, really, 
if DeGrom returns, he's still in the top 10 at number 10. You sure. still have him yeah, over yeah. Nola, and so that's right, right, right. still an important distinction. He's Well, I mean, if Nola and Giolito were performing at the same level, though, that we had them before, then he would be at 12. So, okay, that, that brings us actually right into Tier 3, then, and the next guy that I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about, which is Aaron Nola, who I believe this is his lowest spot of the year at number 10. Yes, the first time I've really adjusted him. Okay, so interesting. So one of the things that I thought that was interesting that I noticed about Aaron Nola is like, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts about this, and, you know, you've been living every day like it's Nola Day for the past couple of years. Um, every year uh, there is like a, 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 one of the pitches that makes Aaron Nola great, you, right? You, oh, my God, his curveball has been absolutely fantastic. Last year, that changeup, look at this. He's ramped up his changeup. He just looks absolutely fantastic. This year it's actually been the four-seamer, which right. is kind of bizarre. The four-seamer is, I think it had the highest swinging strike rate of his career, the highest in-zone swinging strike rate of his career, he's, and he's really amped up the usage. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? What are you seeing from Aaron yeah, Nola? Yeah, I think that's a bad thing because I uh, remember last year the number one CSW pitch was Aaron Nola's curveball, mm-hmm. and it has not been very good as of late and his last start really kind of avoided it as much as he can which is what you're not supposed to do that that's your curveball that's your bread and butter that is the pitch that keeps guys honest from just sitting on a heater from you uh and it doesn't it is a little bit concerning we saw a little bit of that against the uh against atlanta on sunday night baseball it's just it's not quite there mm. and uh i have to think i mean also when you when you look at the top 10 guys all of them throw hard fastballs except kershaw mm-hmm. and that's kershaw like Kershaw can get away with that with that slider, and you know it's Kershaw's command and everything, right? Sure. Uh, and Nola has been able to get away with it because of the curveball and changeup, but it's not as good of a heater as the other guys. And when he's having these question marks with that changeup and curveball right now, it makes you a little bit more worried about what the floor is with him as opposed to say like Bueller, for example. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, luckily. You know, I I definitely enjoy talking about these guys, especially because there really isn't that much of a pressure. Like, you're not doing anything with Aranola. You're holding on to him. You're probably not going to try and trade him right now because he's still, I mean, depending on your team needs, but he's still going to be fine moving forward. But it's good to know that those are the issues that are kind of playing. Right, and I don't think that this is going to stick around like this, but I can't, you know, I can't ignore the fact that right now, if I were drafting today, which is what the list is, Mm -hmm. like, this is my list of, hey, if today is the baseball draft for my fantasy teams, how am I doing it? And I got to think, yeah, Nola's, Nola's a little bit lower than the other guys right now. It feels a little silly to even ask this question because the answer really kind of gives me the list. But between Nola and Giolito, who are you more concerned about? Well, yeah, it's Giolito because the last four games, you know, I've been given excuses for this, right? The first one that he's, he uh, he underperformed was against Boston yeah, where they said, oh, okay, he's not an early riser, right? Yeah. He had to pitch like 11-15 or something like that. And yeah. it's like, that's not typical for Giolito. Fine, fine, fine. Then he got the cut on his finger, so that mm-hmm. one got pushed back. Okay, he got pushed back. It's not a routine. He got the cut. Then he had the one after that, and you're thinking, okay, well, he needs to get back into rhythm from it. You know, those are the three excuses. Then he messed up again on the last, the last are only two strikeouts. Had a 92.8 mile per hour fastball, and normally that's 94 in 2020. No, mm. 92.8, not exactly what you want. His overall command, I want to say, with his slider not getting strikes inside the zone, he it missed the missed the uh, missed the strikes on a lot with that pitch. Could not pitch backward with it. He had a changeup that was middle. And it, the thing is, if you normally look at the strike zone plots of Lucas Giolito, it's four seamers and changeups. I call it the Nile, mm. right? It just goes straight down the middle, sure. Where he really plays north south with them, it's right? Like Glass now would do early, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. But I mean, Glass now is just like a, a shotgun blast too, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like I don't know. And uh, with Giolito, at least he does stay like up down with it pretty effectively. But you're seeing this, and it's a lot of just changeups and and four seamers right down the middle. Yeah, it's really in the heart of the play, and not that spread out. You know, you want to stretch it out up and down, right? So there is some tweak that Giolito needs to make. I think he can make it. I think he probably will. I mean, that's why he's still inside the top 15. But right now, it, it, there is some figuring out he needs to do. Yeah, so you, you asked me, I think it was last night, like, well, let's take a look at Giolito, right? Let's yep. do the... Uh, I got another person that I researched a lot. And uh, really, you kind of hit the nail on the head with a lot of the things that you said, right? And here's just some statistical evidence and some of the things that I noticed about Lucas Love Giolito, it. right? So he's getting... What, what's interesting, he's getting ahead more so than ever before. His F, his true F strike is actually a career high, which is very interesting. His his two strike rate is not a problem either. It's uh, throwing more pitches in two strike counts than ever before. 36% are two strike counts. As you said, it comes down to the changeup command. Uh, in his breakout 2019 campaign, he was able to put it in the shadows about 43% of the time. Right now, it's about 38%, which okay. is a pretty big difference. Yeah. Over the heart of the plate, way too often and getting demolished there with yeah, a 474 it, Woba. It's interesting. Giolito is used to throwing changeups and not getting burned by them, and mm-hmm. now he is. Well, that's Yeah, exactly. And you know, I was trying to think like, and this is really kind of a tough answer to say is he missing because he's trying to throw up 
Right. Or is he missing because he's trying to get at the knees, right? Because he obviously goes up with that changeup every once in a while. And it seems like he's missing not trying to... He's, he's missing middle-middle, as you said. As a matter of fact, he has... 11% of his changeups are literally middle-middle changeups. Mm. Um, and I think it was... Yeah, 33% of his changeups overall are over the heart. So the over the heart is in a specific zone over the heart of the plate. Right, middle-middle yeah. is literally middle-middle. Yeah. But having one out of every three of your change-ups be over the heart of the plate and then get demolished when it is over the plate is really not great. Absolutely not, yeah. And I tweeted earlier today about these guys who throw these meatballs, right? Because it's an interesting list, and there's some guys like... Uh, Julio Urias is actually on there in terms of how many meatballs he throws. Um, Taylor Widener was on there. Um, Jose Arquiti, uh, Taiwan Walker. Some of those dudes are actually having success there because it seems like right. Right, they're throwing a four-seamer there. This was, a, this was a topic you had last week about guys having success in the heart of the zone. Exactly. And and this was just middle-middle, so even like really where you don't yeah. want to be. And Walker probably does it with his four-seamer. It doesn't matter as much. If Giolito's doing that with his changeup, and then one thing that I noticed that, I mean— I can't speculate on as well because I was never a pitcher, so I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it seems as if his release point has gone more three-quarters. Are, are you suggesting that just because you didn't pitch, you can't have an opinion on this? Well, I don't know the answer to these questions, and I'm forthcoming okay, about the okay, answer okay, to these okay. questions. I think I mean, you're very qualified is what I'm trying to say. But this is how I learn, and I was talking to people about this well, today. I love this. It's, this, this is why Alex is the best. It's, well, it's an interesting thing, and I don't know the answer to it. Love so it. over, I wouldn't call him necessarily an overhead guy, right? Sure. He's, he's not. Yeah, yeah. He's, but, not, he's no Josh Commenter. <laughs> yeah, okay, great. But then he, he has shifted a little bit more at three quarters. Okay. And it's it's m- not much lower, but dr- uh, enough lower from last year where it would make a difference and, a lof- and enough further away. He has not changed his position on the rubber. He's mm-hmm. still first base side on the rubber. Yeah. But definitely when I made this overlay today, I didn't tweet it or anything. I just wanted to take a look at it. He has changed the release point pretty noticeably. What's interesting to me and what I don't quite understand is if I'm changing and I'm going from an overhead to more over three quarters, yeah. and it would surprise me then that the changeup is missing middle-middle. I'm lowering my arm slot, but the changeup is missing up from where it missed last year. It's almost flatter, you know what I mean? And I know it has a little bit more horizontal run to it, which is interesting, but it's not missing arm side as much. It's missing middle-middle. I would think if I'm dropping my release point, it would miss low. Well, that's right? an interesting point. Um, so Giolito, if he's staying uh, a little bit taller on it, mm-hmm. um, essentially... Staying on top like that, especially for Giolitos, which is not your horizontal, like, Luis Castillo kind of yeah. change-up. It's supposed to be one that replicates the four-seamer as much as possible and goes north-south, right? Yep. So the more on top of it you get on release, then the ball essentially mimics that spin really, really well, Yeah. right? So you want to stay on top of that as much as possible. If you go on the side, you essentially lose the counteracting. You, you essentially nullify the spin a lot more, uh, and it, it's, yeah, it kind of just flattens out. Uh, which with them would mean that if it's middle middle, then that would normally be down, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I I would also wonder, I also wonder like if he's if he's getting on the side of the ball a bit more, which isn't a good thing. Yeah. Um. Sometimes it's actually a sign of being tired more often in your stamina, mm-hmm. uh, which then could I mean I don't want to say this stuff about loud, but like that generally when you see someone's arm angle going down. Uh, it means injury. Mm-hmm. There's something that's actually holding it up, but I don't want to suggest that with Giolito. Yeah. Um, but but essentially his whole thing is getting on top of that and being able to stay you know straight on it instead of down because that works with the fastball spin that keeps that up and then the change up then would would uh, have the same movement but then down it's it's what you want you want to stay on top you don't want him to see him three quarters yeah okay so that that is uh, yeah kind of confirms some fears I mean the good news is the the fastball release point has traveled with it so that there is still that deception between the two mm-hmm. there isn't much disparity between the two of them and I know he does have like kind of two change-ups that he sort of works with oh, a little I didn't bit know that yeah I think so I think he has two different change-ups um so yeah I I'd be curious to see. Uh, I mean, it, it does sound like there's a tweak to be made. It does sound like there's a tweak to be and made. That's it's a also, good thing. The slider, as you mentioned, is problematic right oh, now. Oh yeah, it's, always yeah. Ugh. But like, it's. I was saying this earlier to, to Justin Mason. Like, if this is the problem a guy has that he's still getting ahead, he's still getting the two strike counts. That's good. Like, I, I'll, I'll take that all day. It just seems like yeah, we've really got to fix. And that's also kind of the issue too of like a guy that has really two pitches, right? Like, the, sure. it's he's fastball changeup, and now he's lost that changeup, and it's really not going great. Yeah, I know. I mean, that changeup is everything for Chilino. Yeah. I mean, he's not someone that throws, like, upper 90s. I mean, 94 is still good, but it's not upper 90s. Yeah, it's league average, I think. Yeah. Uh, oh, is it? Is it really now? I think League so. average is now 90. I mean, that doesn't surprise me, given, like, how many, you know, super hard throwers we have. 
Man, if 94 is like... <laughs> I think it... Let me double check that. Oh, my. Um, I mean, I still suggest that he throws like 96 at times and stuff. It's not like he throws soft, but... Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, with Giolito, I think it's I think it's something that will be fixed. Um, he's still going to get the volume because it is the White Sox. He's on a winning ball club, has Grandal helping him out. Larissa will let him throw deep into games. This is something over time that will be fixed. Uh, I would still be starting Giolito. Uh, it's just not exactly right quite today. And hey, who knows? You know, when we when we talk about this stuff, is why I say often is just because he's been bad so far, he's had these problems. Who knows if this is the bullpen that he fixes it, you know, and then he's much better moving forward. That happens all the time. Like, it's why you don't really see me or hear me quoting, like, XERA and stuff from before. Mm. Because, like, you know, it's a great example is Robbie Ray, uh, who, yeah, he he walked six guys, and then the next start he walked none. Actually, the last three starts he's walked, walked none. Yeah, unbelievable. And we can say, like, oh, his XERA on the season is this, you know, his whip was that, and all that kind of stuff. Well, it doesn't matter. Mm. Because the only reason why I'm in on Robbie Ray now is because his last three starts, he's made, obviously made a tweak to throw fastballs over the plate consistently at 96-plus. Yeah. And that's a way different pitcher than it was before. Oh, we're going to talk about Robbie Ray. Oh, and yeah. By the way, yeah, 93.8. It's 94 miles an hour league average fastball right now. Wow. That's, yeah. Oh, my God. That's pretty unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's just so funny how often we need to recalibrate, like, what is good and bad. I know. Luckily, that's why I never pay attention to it because it changes every <laughs> year. Anyway. There you go. Uh, all right. So that's definitely enough conversation uh, about Lucas Giolito. I don't know if we uh, never raised any fears. Or, yeah, they're, they're, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, but we're going to move on now to Tier 4, and we're going to start with another guy who is making his return in Hyunjin Ryu. So what Actually, why don't you break down what Tier 4 is all about, too, because now we're getting a bit more nuanced to the tiers. So what are you thinking in terms overall with Tier 4? Yeah, Tier 4 is really fun. Um, okay, so we have so many guys in Tier 4 that, to me, I want to give the Aces Gonna Ace label to all of them. All in Tier 4? But I don't, but I can't yet. But this is like, internally, I feel what everyone else feels is like, oh yeah, John Means should have it. Aces in the wings. Aces in the wings? Yeah, they're in the wings, waiting to, to be called oh, okay. into, onto stage to be an ace. Uh, A-I-T-W. Yeah. It doesn't really roll no. off the tongue. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll work on that one. We'll work on that one. I tw- <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but right in this tier, you have Ryu, who has Aces Gonna Ace label. You have Sonny Gray, who I think after one more start should have it. I mean, he had 11 strikeouts against the Dodgers. Mm. The curveball is back with that. I just want to see that slider doing really good things too, but fine. He probably should have it. I gave it to Sandy Alcantara after yesterday's game. Now, he has a, it really, I probably should have waited until the Dodgers start just to kind of prove that, like, hey, you can survive yeah, against yeah. the Dodgers. That's a true ace. You throw him regardless, right? Yeah. I think Alcantara will do that, despite, again, despite, like, ignore all the X ERA stuff and whatever with, with, uh, with Alcantara. What he does with that sinker is so amazing. And the changeup is at 91 to 93. Sometimes I haven't seen it at 94. Well, hold on. Let's get and into it's the filthy. Let's get into the what is the yeah. uh, whole, don't pay attention to the XERA stuff. Let, let, let's provide some caveats well, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So what I'm trying to say is that the actual skill set to me is what matters more. Okay. And, and you're how he's that- doing it and how he's how he's getting his outs. What the, what does the repertoire speak to and so on and so forth, right? Well, his XERA yeah. is lower than his ERA. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's two six five and his ERA is two seven. Oh, well then great. Or two seven two. I I, yeah. I saw something some tweet today about like, hey, why do you have Sandy Alcantara so high? His XERA ERA is terrible. I was like, is it? I don't know. Oh, I, don't, ex- I, don't really care. I think his XFIP is XFIP's three point six four, his FIP is three fifty. Um, which is which is interesting. Okay, that might be that stuff. I don't know, but still. Yeah, uh, yeah. So if he gets beat up by the Dodgers, is he still gonna have the ace? Is gonna ace label? Uh, it depends on what the stuff does. Okay, you know that's that's uh, to me that's what I'm trying to get at is like how are they performing? What is their blueprint? What's their approach? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, I I will say this about Alcantara. Yeah. Where I have him right now at 18 mm-hmm. is might be one of the highest ranks I have for him. And I, I'm saying that for a couple of reasons. Oh, okay. Meaning like he might not go higher than that. Right. Okay. Because I don't think that he's a 30% strikeout guy. Um, and I can see I can see guys underneath that have that potential. And I imagine at least one of them are going to surpass him because of that. Well, so this is what I was curious about then. We have three aces going to ace labels in Hyunjin Ryu, Sandy Alcantara, and Julio Urias. Yes. But there is Sonny Gray and Zach Wheeler in between them. Right, right, right. So why no aces going to ace label there? Yeah. And then why do guys without the label go higher than uh, people with the label? Great question. Uh, I like coronating them inside of the roundups. You li- What? I like coronating them uh, inside the roundups. I feel that Wheeler is going to get it. It's probably the next start okay. or so. And it's just more of like, yeah, I understand this, but if I'm being truly honest about where they are right now, 
well, I mean, I, this is this is what I expect to happen. Okay, that, well, that's all there. I know that's very confusing. I could just give him the label here, but it's it's also the earliest. Is, I mean, he just had not the best start, but I didn't want to remove the label. But then, you know, I want to give him another chance to hold on to it. All that kind of drama. So what about, so the biggest riser, So uh, if we're going top down in the tier, is Sonny Gray, who goes from 24 to 17, rises 7. Uh, just, I mean, and that's probably not far off from where he, is that far off from where he was preseason? Was he a top 20 preseason? He was, yeah, he was, top, well, he's top 25, but top yeah. 25. Okay. I mean, DeGrom's gone. <laughs> yeah, so, but the, that definitely makes sense for one spot. Um, and I don't disagree with you here on Sonny Gray. I'm just curious as to what yeah, yeah. brought him to 17. Um, so he uh, his curveball is back essentially. I mean, like before, it was his he was returning from the IL. He mm-hmm. needed maybe a start. He wasn't very good in the first one. Then we wanted to see what would happen in the second one. Then he's yeah, he's pretty much just picked it up exactly where we expected him to be. Uh, Sonny Gray should be a very dependable arm through the year. It's that simple now. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys too. It's where you just gotta gotta hope for that uh, health. Um, right. Now, what about so Zach Wheeler? I mean, like you said, pretty much one start away from the ace is going to ace. His, he had a pretty shaky start against the Mets, theoretically seven innings pitched, four and runs, one walk, six Ks. That, I think, to me, like, it's funny. My history with Zach Wheeler has been like, uh, he's probably not going to get the Ks. Like, I don't think he's going to be a guy who's getting a bunch of Ks. And then he comes into the year with the 10 Ks. And then he looks a little bit more like Zach Wheeler, four Ks, yeah. six, then six. Oh, now it's you, nine, then it's six, then it's eight. Do you remember what I what I labeled Zach Wheeler as in the preseason? Someone light or someone? It was it was Kyle Hendricks, but with more oh, strikeout strike upside. upside. Yes. And I stand by that. Yeah, I mean, right now he's, you don't even need to put him in the same sentence as Kyle Hendricks. Well, no, no, but you understand what I mean. Like, what we expected from Kyle Hendricks is especially like, hey, this yeah. should be good with my ERA and ratios and yes but then I also expect a little bit more in the strikeout department yeah you know he's going to have those starts where his fastball just cannot be handled and I don't think that that slider is ever going to be the pitch that I want it to be uh, and the curveball and the splitter not so much but man that is such a good fastball and we've seen guys like Brandon Woodruff just hey just dominate with one fastball and sure the slider is maybe a little bit better with Woodruff than it is with Wheeler yeah but man uh, like Wheeler I mean sure and also Brewers are not good and uh, yeah, he demolished was, them, but he yeah. demolished them. Well, this, so here's the thing. I like. I, I don't know how I feel about like. I still am going back and forth with how I feel about like writing off any start well, against right. any team. Exactly, because you got to still do it. And he did it for nine innings, complete game shutout. And that and, that speaks yeah. to also like Girardi letting him go over 110 pitches. Yeah. So the, all those things combined is like okay, yeah. Wheeler is someone that I do not expect at any point this season. I'm going to be dropping. You know, I'm going to be holding on to him for the entire year, likely starting him in all situations. Yeah. So to me, that means, okay, just give me one more good start so I can like say in the roundup, yes, you've you've earned your aces going to ace. It's bizarre. Like, I, I just feel bad for, for, for Brewers fans because it's just been brutal. I mean, oh it's God. just been a brutal stretch. They have uh, the 27th worst WRC plus in baseball right now, which oh is like Lord. coming into the year, you just wouldn't have thought that. And they just... Okay, wait, Marlins, Tigers... And Rangers? Um, no. You got the ti- you got the Tigers, okay. and then the the other two you did not get. Oh no, your Orioles? No, 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 no. <laughs> How no, dare they, you? They've Nick? got no. They've gotten worse. They're they're twenty fourth. Seattle? So, yeah, these are you. You would get this. Uh, it's just oh. one team you're missing. Uh, Arizona. Mm-mm. Pirates. Yep, it's there's one. Pirates. It's uh, Pirates, and then there's one you're missing. The a team that you have a specific label for when they play on the road. Uh oh, it's Rocky Road. Yeah, so it's it, because you haven't been as good on, in cores. If not been great overall, yeah. So it's Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, Colorado, and Detroit, and uh, uh, Cleveland above that. Uh, those are all the teams with an 86 or lower WRC plus. So not. I mean, great. I guess that's for the most part what we expected though in the preseason, right? Um, did we expect that? Definitely Pittsburgh. We yeah, definitely Colorado. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, maybe my yeah. Yeah. It all makes sense, yeah. uh, except for Milwaukee, of course. Milwaukee, I don't think. Yeah, we, I mean, we, we were we were thinking like they were like second to like there was a five tiers, they were the fourth tier. We yeah. also didn't anticipate that they would yeah. lead the league in IL stints for oh, like yeah, three right. weeks like, yeah, in a row. And everything, yeah, yeah, of course. It's it's brutal. It's brutal. Um, all right, the next guy who was in this tier that I wanted to talk about is a guy that we talked about before who just keeps having success, and that's Kevin Gaussman. I mean, yeah, dude. I, 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 that's all I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah dude. dude. There it is. There's our clip. There's our clip for the no, week. But I'm serious. I, you know this. This. I remember you talking about it in, in the first pitch podcast. It was like, he just does it with two pitches, and that splitter is, I think, the most consistent in baseball, yeah. and now he's got a fastball that's like 95, and he's locating it better than he ever has. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It, it, and, and those are kind of like my favorite pitchers because they're outliers. You know what I mean? Like, it just, yeah. it's almost nonsensical how we can have that much success doing that. Well, it's it makes me, in any way, uh, more accepting of Waskari Noah because we, we, we knock on him because only he's two pitches, but, yeah. you know... 
here's Gaussman doing it with two. Yeah, you know what's been kind of fun is seeing guys who, like, um, Nola, I, I was doing, we did overlays for this past week, which is Nola versus oh, yeah, Nola wait, wait, versus Enoa. Was, yeah, you did that on ESPN yesterday? Yeah, I did the Oh, Eno- yeah, you did. I did the Enoa one oh, yesterday. God, so every single time, Fast, I'm just so proud. Oh, it's it's so, so great. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, oh. The It's funny to watch Nola go north-south, and then Enoa is a little more east-west, right? The fastball has some arm side run that makes it dive a little away mm. from left-handed hitters, whereas those are kind of like my favorites, where like these pitches, they come, they meet in the center, and then they just completely dive verge that slider you know and listen when that fastball is doing that at 96 miles an hour I man. know it's so but good anyway uh, and uh, to be honest Gaussman's the same way he's a north-south dude but he's starting his north-south a little bit lower he's shooting knees with that four seamer aiming over the heart of the plate guys are unable to, to to work with it and it, it is a lot of fun to watch um I guess I, sh- I would be remiss if we didn't talk about the guy who threw I think it is the 24th perfect game in MLB history this past week uh and that is John Means who rose Seven oh, to fast. twenty-two, unbelievable. Okay, first of all, a couple things. One, no. Second, no. What? <laughs> it was an imperfect game. I don't. Yeah. I don't okay. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, twenty-fourth. It was the twenty-fourth <laughs> perfect game. It's unbelievable. Fast. It wasn't. It was okay. I'm sorry. <sighs> draw third strike does not count. So how come you didn't put him at twenty-four? Oh god. Because well, you want to put him higher. Fast. Like twenty-two. Look. Imagine. Imagine how he would actually have reacted, everyone. If it was on his birthday, which was a day, <laughs> it was the day later. before, yeah, exactly. It was very, it was very nice. Uh, anyway, happy birthday to Alex Fast. Oh yes, uh, thank you. Thirty-three. Yours is coming up. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. How's it going so far? Days. Is it okay? Am I Jesus year? Yeah, well, yeah. How's uh, how's thirty-three? It feels good. Is it this feels the good. Jesus year. I think so. Yeah, Jesus thirty-three. They call the Jesus year. Um, oh, wow. I, th- I don't know if anyone else calls it that. I called that. Well, you had a nice day. I know? had a very lovely day. I had yeah. a very lovely weekend. Kristen was very. We, she got me this amazing massage, and then we went. Uh-huh. We got. We got a nice dinner, and then we went to that place. Winner that I'm trying to get you to go mm. to. It was very lovely, and then she. It was nice, and then I got to play Returnal for a while. Yeah. Which is it relaxing? Is it maddening? Who knows? Um, <laughs> but yes, and then John Means through the 24th perfect game. Well, Happy birthday history. to Alex Fast. Thank you. You know, it's been almost five years, buddy. Unreal. Actually, it has been over five years. Over five. Pod- podcast, our anniversary is in July. Yeah, anniversary. Yeah. Um, what crazy. did you see from John Means in that perfect game? Uh, I saw him. I don't know. I mean, he's just great. You know better than I do, probably. You've, like, analyzed that. You've probably watched it as you go to bed every night, <laughs> you know? It is something that I do. I just kind of watch the last pitch of it. And, it, I mean, it was amazing. I mean, like, what was funny, too, is he said he didn't even have his changeup until the later on in the game, mm. which was great to see. And, you know, the the one pass ball. Uh, it was a curveball. It was a curveball that was a really nice pitch that they just got a little bit crossed up on. And, you know, it's funny, like. I was not. Maybe it's just my blind Orioles. Uh, you know, a, a, a refusal. Wait, to you beat. Have, you have a bias for the Orioles? I, I like to think that I don't, and maybe I do. Maybe it's subconscious. Um, I still didn't think that he was going to be able to be that successful, just being that fastball changeup guy. But mm. here we are. I mean, he's been really successful. I still don't think he's a sub two ERA dude, which right. is nuts. But man, you've just got to be enjoying the ride. And like, listen, if you got John Means. You got him probably not that high. Yeah, you probably got him like the 14th round or something like that. So totally. So you're living the dream. Even if he regresses a bit, he's still overperforming where you drafted him. You just got to be really happy with what he's doing right yeah. now. I understand, yes, it was against the Mariners. They're a bottom 10 WRC plus team. It doesn't matter. He still did it. Right, he exactly. That's it. what, yeah, this is what we've been talking about. It's like with Zach Wheeler against the Brewers. With John Means, I mean, it's a changeup of 2019. That's what mm-hmm. he has now. He didn't have it last year. Yeah. But what he had to compensate instead was the fastball velocity. Right. And now it's it's interesting. He's at 93, which is still higher than the 91 and change that he had in 2000 and uh and 19. Maybe it was like 92 around there, but it's still slightly harder. Yeah. But he has the same uh command that he used to have. So it's just a, it's just a better fastball with the same old changeup that returned a good season in 2019 for John Means and you have the secondary stuff, the, sorry, the breakers. I think are improving and can improve through the year. That's what's kind of so exciting about it, yeah. right? Is like he has this foundation and he's making it work with this foundation, and there is theoretically room, like for him to keep getting better. Will John Means crack the top twenty? That's like that's a crazy question. I mean, it depends on who gets hurt. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, I could see him. I could see him leapfrogging Gaussman. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, it's I don't... certainly possible. Um, I. Okay, Gaussman and Means um, and Urias, to me at the moment, don't really feel quite like the top 20 guys. Yeah. Um, they're just kind of, they. it's a product of they're having success right now, and the aces that we kind of thought would be here are not really here. Mm. You know, you have like Maeda fell, and Castillo fell, mm. and Charlie Morton, who I still think is a very good buy low. I agree. Fell. Uh, Steven Strasburg got injured. 
Um, Patrick Corbin hasn't, you know, it's Patrick Corbin. Kyle Hendricks. Did he you have know? a pretty nice game against the Yankees? It though? was better than expected, but that slider is not getting the whiffs yet, and it's just it's, he's it's still not there. Yeah, it's still not there at all. It's Blake Snell. Yeah, well, Blake Snell. Right, he fell. So it's a product of that. And it's really interesting. I mean, this tier four and also tier five are filled with these really fun guys. Beginning of the season, I mean, I had this conversation so many times. Be like, ah, oh, those are the pitchers I want to be emotional about, and I won't let myself do it. Yeah. And here they are, and it's just like, hey, they all have success, and they, you know, I'm so happy it's working. Kind of makes me think, like, huh, maybe I should just go that strategy of getting like Darvish or Degrom or Bieber in the first round or whoever it is in the first round or two, and then waiting. And then going at 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, that's, that's, that's the way to go. I agree with the first part of that sentence, or at least that's my that's always been my strategy. I've always been like, uh, first two picks were one nice pitcher, one nice hitter. I, yeah, I like but it. Then, but fun. then essentially like really embracing the fact that, cool, what I've always said is I want to get my hitters before I get my pitchers. Yeah. But just getting that one, and then it makes me feel better just not going after one for ages, and then just having the time of my life yeah, like going after... We- a Musgrove and, and Gaussman and Alcantara and Pablo Lopez and all that fun stuff. That's why I was like, hey, these are really good. There's more depth than we think, right? I'll never forget it. What yeah. I said to the PL Legacy League chat as soon as it happened. I know. How did we let but Nick get DeGrom and well, Sandy Alcantara? Started, there you go. Yeah, and, and Sandy Alcantara. You remember you waited 40 rounds and then I got Sandy Alcantara and I just kept watching like, <laughs> how is this going to happen? Like, how are we letting this happen? It was unbelievable. It was, it was wonderful. Fast. It, 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 was, was it was so good. Uh, but I'm I'm I, I'm thinking about this for next year. I'm thinking about okay. I I don't know. I'm seeing this tier four and tier five, and I'm seeing man, I'm I'm going to not be as conservative next year again. I can't help myself. So we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, so we're going to move on to tier five now. We're going to talk about some of the guys that actually fell inside of this tier. There are a lot of guys who rose. Plezak, Freed, Molly, Lopez, Rodon. Plezak had a really nice start that got oh, yeah. overshadowed by Wade Miley's no-no. It was a great start. That curveball was back. It was, oh, well, yeah. not back. It, like, it was introduced. So was the, the command. It was really nice. Absolutely. But, I mean, the thing we've talked about, I mean, you've really uh, astutely brought up was his extreme splits. Mm. With, like, hey, lefties only see the changeup. Righties only see the slider. And now, all of a sudden, Plezak was like, all right, I'm going to throw a curveball with that change. I actually threw more curveballs than change of the lefties. That's wild. And That's it was great. great. It was really good against the Reds. That's a good offense. Show Tristan McKenzie how to do that with a slider. Well, I mean, I know. <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Um, so the first one that we're going to start with that fell, though, is Joe Musgrove, who fell six, who kind of after his no-hitter has yeah. not been fantastic. It's, it's just it's not quite the same groove as the others. Yeah. And I don't – it's not – Saying that I don't think he can be successful. I mean, remember, preseason was in the 40s, and here he is now in top 30. Mm. Uh, Joe Musgrove still has amazing stuff. The slider is really good. If you remember your base hits from last few weeks, by, by the way, which was so great. <laughs> I just realized now we haven't had an opportunity on this podcast to talk about that. Yes. So good. Yes. I'm very happy you and Yancey pushed me to do that. There will be another one tonight. So not, by the time this That out. was not me. That was Yancey to push what? you. I, I yes, helped. Yancey you, pushed. Were, you already brought over your base. Like, this is what I'm doing. I'm like, all right. You produced arguably my favorite part of the episode, which is Creek. the creaky mic. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I hope we get that today as well. Oh, man. But yeah, that, that's that's great. Um, And uh, yeah, as you you highlighted that Musgrove has won the top CSW slider pitches in baseball. Mm-hmm. So that's still there. He went super heavy on it, though. And while I like that for, say, Enoa, because that's, like, his thing, Musgrove has a larger uh, depth of, of repertoire, right? There are a lot yeah. more things in that arsenal. Yeah. And if he only has to go after that slider, well, it's like, well, what makes the slider really good is that you have all these other things, and all of a sudden you throw that one, and it's just like, well, I wasn't selling out for this one, and I'm doomed now. You know, it's got to be that curveball. It's got to be that four-seamer in there, too. He has a really nice changeup as well. That The depth of repertoire, it's like Savali. Mm. If Savali had one, like, really, really amazing pitch. Yeah, I hear you. You know, and Savali maybe could get there. Yeah. I hope so with the curveball. But we really haven't seen that step. Well, Musgrove does have that, but all of a sudden it wasn't really that recently and makes me a little bit concerned. I wonder if, so for this, you, you completely hit the nail on the head. He went to his slider 26% of the time, two starts ago, and then went to it f- almost 50% of yeah, the time. It was really startling. I wonder if it was just because it was the Giants back-to-back and he was just trying to, to do yeah, something we, there. We've and- definitely seen that before. Uh, I remember uh, actually mentioning to Savali, like, hey, you like had this really nice start. He said, cool, I got to change it up next time. I'm going to face them again. I got to yeah. give them something different, you yeah. know? And we don't really think about that too much. Uh, there, I get a question a lot about like, hey, uh, when a pitcher plays a team twice in a row, you know, does that favor them? Does it not? Um, the best answer I have right now is that Tr- Tristan Cockroft, ESPN, of course, mm-hmm. looked into that and saw that it's pretty much noise. If anything, it is a benefit to the pitcher. Yeah, that so makes generally sense. I do ignore it. Uh, but it is interesting if like there isn't much depth to a repertoire. Maybe there is a difference between that 
and someone else that has more of an arsenal so that they can change it up or they can't, right? Well, it's interesting, too, because he, he got... Yeah, that is interesting. He got shelled against the Giants two starts ago for five earned runs, Musgrove, right? Musgrove, yeah. Musgrove, yeah. And then, uh, according to his PVL on his slider, that was the one pitch that did seem to work for him. Uh-huh. So I wonder then, and once again, this is conjecture, if he was like, okay, that was the pitch that was working for me against the Giants right, last right. time. I'm going to go to that thing again because they're hitting everything else that I'm throwing. Either way, uh, you know, you hope he bounces back in his next start because, yeah, that's been a rough two starts for him. It's also been slightly rough for Lance McCullers Jr., who fell six as well and is still inside of this tier. I was at that Yankee game, uh, and like, listen, I was watching along on my phone as was happening. Got squeezed a little bit. The Stanton home run was unbelievable. Yeah, I, like, I, I remember texting you being like, hey, I heard a sound. Like, was that, was that Stanton? It was, it was like truth. Like, it was just a sinker that ran back over the plate and Stanton just dem- I got out so quick. I thought I had whiplash looking at it. And then I will say the Clint Frazier home run, Clint Frazier home run, the expected batting average, I think, was still 600. It was a short porch kind yeah, of home sure, run. Sure. That was not yeah. like... Uh, it, it really, it's like, it's the same thing I feel like I'm saying every week with him where it's like, I'm just waiting for that command to click. And right. we could be waiting forever. We could be waiting forever. But he's got the pitches. He's got the arsenal. He's got the movement profile. He, it's not like he can't throw the slider for strikes. I also just wish, like, hey, man, you can bring that curveball back. You can bring it back. Well, here's the, here's the thing. The curveball was, uh, in his last start, was the best pitch he threw. And the slider mm. wasn't there as much. And that's what got us really, really excited about Miss Colors this year is that he had two. He had two really good breakers all of a sudden. He had yeah. the curveball, which obviously is, is pretty much never going to be gone. Yeah. But it's the slider, too. That's just like, what? You're also fantastic. Now, he hasn't really had that recently. Yeah. So hopefully that returns. We I don't know yet. He's still top 30 because I think it will. But right now, yeah, you're not the same spot as Trevor Rogers, who still keeps doing it. Yeah. You yeah. know, even Dylan Bundy, I'm going to give him an excuse against the Dodgers. Fine. All right. You're still really, really good. Sure. You know. So what about the next guy who fell in this tier? I believe he fell the most out of all of them falling. I think it was 13 spots to number 29 in Blake Snell. Yeah, I know. You done with it? I'm not done with it. Well, it. 13 spots doesn't mean you're done with it. You're right. Yeah, it's but 29. It means you're a little fed up at least. Well, I mean, I recognize the fact that he can't go six innings because he's inefficient as a product of him not being able to throw sliders and curveballs over the zone. Mm. I mean, this is the whole thing from Blake Snell since 2018 when he had that Cy Young year. He was able to do that over 30% rates of zone rates on both his curveball and slider and hasn't had it since. And when did I see it last? It was in game six. Mm. Fast. I Watching Blake Snell finally yeah. throw sliders over the zone it, it, like for strikes constantly and having all that success. I remember shouting at the screen being like, he's doing it. Yeah, yeah. And then they pulled him <laughs> and he hasn't done it since. It's just, ah, oh, it's maddening. And I, I wonder, I, I can't help but wonder at some point if, Blake Snell, it's just a mentality switch. You know, like when you have a slider like that, you're kind of taught you're not supposed to really, you know, he, all of his life, he's really just gotten whiffs on it. That's yeah. supposed to be a whiff pitch. And then you throw your changeup in your fastball to get strikes. But when he has success, it's when the slider lands over the plate. Yeah. I mean, that's just what it is. Now and now he's just getting behind and counts. are not swinging as much as he wants him to. Then he throws a bad fastball and then bam, he gets hit with it. And like, it's just deeper counts and uh, he can do it though. It's tough. You can fix it. You got to think they like this is going to change. I hope so. I mean, here I thought my picks in the Pitchless Legacy League of Giolito and Snell would be fine as a 1 2. Uh I'm getting absolutely shelled. You should have gotten DeGrom and Alcantara. Remember, I passed on. I literally took that draft spot being like, I just want to have Jacob DeGrom on one of my teams. And you didn't do it because it was Mike Trout. No, Juan Soto. Juan Soto fell to six. Oh, yeah. And I was like, five. No, I think I took six to make sure it was that choice. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and it was that, and that was, was so seven, crazy. Yeah. It was like Juan Soto at six. Like I, I but then you, it, uh, you know why it took seven? Because it was right after me. Yeah, yeah, I know. Which is the funniest part to me that this whole thing. I know, and I was gonna take. Degr- I, I literally went. <laughs> I went to bed that night so peaceful. I'm gonna take. Degr- I'm gonna get to Grom. Oh, it was so amazing. Sweet. Yeah, what a day. Oh, and then I've got oh, whatever. All right, uh, we're gonna move on to tier six here. We gotta burn through this. We got a lot of tiers to talk well, about. We might go a little bit long. It's okay. There you go. I set them up. You knock them down. Yep. Uh, tier oh! six. Charlie Morton also falls thirteen spots, but you don't seem as worried about Morton. Yeah, Morton. Look, I think this is the number one by low. I mean, I, over we, Castillo. I, over Castillo. Interesting. Because Morton is pitching actually really well. It was a drop third strike. He was out of that inning, and it just kind of kept going. It wasn't really things didn't go his way. It just it just fell apart a little bit, but he's throwing 96. You know, his curveball's still doing good things. His cutter's really effective. Like, Charlie Morton is really good. Yeah, nothing really screams 
bad luck more to me than uh, his line, which is two-thirds of an inning, no earned runs, six runs. Like, at that point, you're just like, whatever. Yeah. Like, fine. <laughs> okay, great. I mean, whatever. I think the worst pitch he threw was, the, uh, was a cutter that was just like... Okay, yeah, that's a bad one. Yeah, that's a bad. But pitch, it but shouldn't have been. Shouldn't even been there. Yeah. Shouldn't have been made. That's it. Yep. Whatever. That's um, uh, uh, speaking of Luis Castillo, he also falls. Uh, so is this kind of what this tier is? Just guys that you think are going to be better than we think? Yeah. Well, that case okay. tier six. Um, it has like the first half, which are the like the mini stash tier. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like okay, there's some disappointment here, and then you have the back half of it. You got Oscar Noah, you got Aaron Savali, Corey Kluber. I think all guys that can improve. As well, I mean, Noah maybe not really top thirty because of what we talked about with the two pitch stuff doesn't really have the track record for it. Kluber could get better. We know this. We just really haven't seen it yet. So there's a lot more haze here in tier six than the others. Yeah. Uh, but with Luis Castillo, you know, I, it, he's not consistent with his command, and I think it has to. It's rooted in uh in essentially the balance on his back foot. I know this is pseudo analytics, guys. This could be absolutely nothing. But what I've watched some games, there have been moments when. Um, his top half is leading out too quickly from his bottom half, and he's a pitcher who really he bends that back knee and then drives toward the plate. Castillo? Yes. And uh, he, sometimes he, when he does that, his top half is going too quickly, so then the timing isn't quite right, and all of a sudden he's tucking a fastball or he's putting it over the middle, whatever it is. But when he's actually driving, everything is in line of starting with the lower half and then going to the top half. Things all of a sudden like click in, the changeup looks good, the fastball location is good, all that stuff. I think there's it's just one of those things over time that Castillo should correct himself. And you remember 2018 when I started those fireside chats with Spore, mm-hmm. it was all because of Castillo failing in April, you know. And then we were wondering, well, what happened? I and I was like, I know I, I gave like the worst answer ever, which was like, uh, I still trust the process I had. I still think he's fantastic, um, and I know that's crazy to say when he's been so bad. But then Luis Castillo had a great second half in 2018. Like, he had a sub-three year array and everything. Yeah. You know, and then 2019, he had the best season. You know, like, it, it, this is... You've also re- always had an issue with his, I mean, yeah, his is, mechanics. Is like it's just always been something you've talked yeah, about. Yeah, but he is a little bit of a slinger. Yeah. Uh, so, so with Castillo, like, this is the bad period. Yeah, yeah. This is the bad place. You know, hopefully we'll get to the good place soon. Yeah, another guy that I think would be great if he got... Uh, he's already at the good place, actually, I should say. Uh, and I want to know if you want to sell him from his good place is Robbie Ray, who rises 6 in Tier 7 to number 42. Are you selling right now on Robbie Ray? I mean, with those pants? Okay. I don't yes, he did break into the <laughs> tight pants group. No, but uh, Robbie Ray is doing some... Actually, I think, honestly, we haven't seen the best of Robbie Ray, which is kind of weird. Because you're anticipating the slider's going to exactly. come back? Exactly, because, I mean, he's throwing his four-seamers... It is a lot of the heart of the plate. It is slightly elevated at 96-97, but he, uh, the, the most important part is that he's throwing a ton of strikes with it. Yeah. And I think that once you have the slider and curveball properly down that play off of it, you'll actually see more of a consistency of that ERA dropping as well, maybe fewer hits. You probably are going to get some more walks. Though. You're going to get one or two more walks. Instead of the zero in the last three starts and 23 strikeouts, it's crazy. I would rather have this side of Robbie Ray that is likely going to allow some home runs because it is fastballs you know, that are hittable, right? Mm-hmm. Still 96-97. They're the least hittable fastballs he's had. It's still two home runs in his last right. start. Right. Yeah. Uh, Dunedin, I think. Maybe not. Uh, but still, whatever. He's going to be a home run-ish guy. Mm-hmm. I... At the same time, I'd rather this one than the 4.2 innings of six walks, seven strikeouts, Robbie Ray. Yeah, you know, this is doubt. a balance I would 100% take, and I think in the long haul, this is going to help a lot more than hurt. So you are not selling. You're holding. I am not. Okay. I yeah. think I would sell. You, you think you would sell? Uh, he, he leads the league in middle middle pitches, and I understand that mm-hmm. that's going to happen because he's putting so many fastballs over the heart of the plate. Is that over the last three games, or is it... Um, Total, overall. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, yeah, it might not be in his last three games. Maybe that dropped down a little bit. Actually, actually it more so. Yeah, I would think it would be because his, his <laughs> I was just pots, curious, yeah. They're insane. And I definitely agree with you. Like, the walks are amazing. It's unprecedented. I'm not taking anything away from him there. But, like, all it takes is another base runner and another one of those home runs before it's not three com- runs. I completely five. understand that. Yeah. I, I will say his four-seamer is playing better than I think you'd expect. Yeah. Okay, so I think this is kind of where we where the teetering is between the two of us. We both agree that the four seam has been really, really nice. You're leaning like, and that slider could come in and could be really beneficial right. for him. I'm leaning like, or that four seam could get hit even harder. I think it's and both at the same time. <laughs> we can't, I think what is like, this, I think Christopher Nolan movie? No, but I think like, <laughs> I think it's kind of like they're going to counteract each other. Like, I don't think what oh, we just saw the last three starts and that's, you know, that's going to be replicated or so. I think it's, okay. I think I, I'm hoping the slider and curveball improve, but I do think he is, you know, he's, giving himself more opportunity to fail in some ways. Okay. Right? Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I'm I'm in, though. 
Another, I'd, I'd rather take this timeline than the one from before. That's fine. Another guy who's just been failing recently and it's been really maddening to watch. Has right. been Zach, okay. Zach Greinke has not been great. No, no, I know, I know. But okay, well, you know. Let's, let's, You're let's, right. A, <laughs> well, I bet he would say the same thing. He's best, fast. I bet he would say the exact same thing. Knowing Zach uh, Greinke and all okay. the stories I hear about him, he's probably just as hard as himself. But when mm. your earned run total matches your innings pitch total for the past three games, you got a problem. That, that, that's pretty bad. What kind of ERA is that, Faz? Four. Nine. <laughs> nine. It's, it, it's, it's seven. Fast. I don't know. It's, it's nine. It's one an inning. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. Um, so he's got uh, last three games, four innings pitched in all three of them, four and runs against Toronto, three and runs against the Yankees, four and runs against the Mariners, f- at least four Ks in all of them, but also four walks in that one against the Yankees. That's a lot of numbers I just threw at you, but it's just not been great. What stinks is he was cruising against Toronto in his first three innings and then just gave up that four spot. I don't know, man. I, I just don't know what. What are we going to see from Zach Greinke moving forward? This is the concern that I had last year about that lower fastball velocity. that was getting absolutely shelled. I appreciate that he's a command dude who can put pitches where he needs to, but it just looks like it's not great right now. I don't know. I, I'll i say this. The fastball certainly has not been what we want lately. Uh, it, it really has. In the last four starts, it's all been just detrimental to him. Uh, it was against the Yankees and, and Blue Jays. who are both very good offenses. The Mariners before that. The Mariners is the one that it does concern me, but... I don't know. I, I I still don't see too much about Granky that is like that different. Okay. Um, changeup is still a very good pitch, and I, I think Granky's just gonna kind of keep going out there doing his thing. Dusty Baker's gonna let him go seven innings when he's you know not allowing foreign runs in the fourth inning or whatever. Yeah. And he's gonna hold a sub four ERA and a WHIP under one twenty. I think by the so end season, season's end. That was the question I was gonna ask you. Will he end the year with a sub four ERA? And yes. you think yes? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Eighteen percent K rate. 9% swing strike rate. Just brutal right now. Absolutely brutal. Yeah. Both career lows for I, him. I, I understand this feeling completely. If you want to move on from Granky, by all means, you feel like he doesn't do enough. Uh, I think that's okay. It just always depends on what you're swapping him with. And I, it's like, it's always a balance of, okay, if I'm going for something else, uh, what do I expect out of that pick, uh, that pickup? And then like, I think Granky at some point in the next two weeks is going to have a very good start, and then we're going to feel very good about it. I hope, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. I think you and I would define very good start from him probably the same way, which is like I don't think I'd expect more than five or six Ks from him, but at least like a seven inning, one or two earned yeah, run, like you know, six innings, two earned runs. But yeah, okay, this is fine. Exactly, and that's I think the biggest issue that I've had with him too is like I when I had when I got Granky uh, on a few of my teams, it was like you know what. K is probably going to be there, but you know what? He's probably going to be a quality start machine. At least get me a bunch of wins. These, this four innings is not what I was promised. No, it's not. This has been a weird stretch, and I, I just don't think that this is going to stick. Yeah. Um. So what about Chris Paddock, who returns, and he hops in right at number 55? Well, I actually, if you guys didn't know, we have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash PitcherList, and today you broke down. he was the, uh, the, the video pitcher breakdown, pitcher mm-hmm. video breakdown, I should say, as I went over the third inning of Chris Paddock against the Giants. Uh, it's interesting. So there's two factors them define uh, Chris Paddock in 2019. One, it was a really good fastball command. And two, it was that it was a hard to hit fastball. Like it was it was hard to handle it when it was located well, right? Okay. You can locate it well, but if it's like, you know, kind of a flat fastball and pretty easy to read, it doesn't matter how located it is, just that's going to be an easy fastball to hit, right? So you need both of those things. And Paddock has one down. It's a hard to hit fastball. It's a better fastball than we saw before the for the COVID list. Okay. Uh, 97 at times against the Giants, and there was in a bat against Belt at the end. He just threw four fastballs, and Brandon Belt was like, nah, I can't handle this. Right? That's really good from Chris Paddock. The command is still coming, though. It's, mm. it's not quite what we want. We want to see uh, him effectively jam both sides of the plate up and in. That was a, that was a facet of Paddock that made me so thrilled. Mm. Uh, in 2019, how he would just attack like Pete Alonso. That's the game that everyone thinks of, right? The like 11 strikeouts against the Mets afterwards. I remember people saying that they sold Chris Paddock for Jacob DeGrom, you know, <laughs> because he outdueled him in that game and everyone's like, oh, Chris Paddock's amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like, oh my God. Uh, so that's the kind of start that you're looking for from Paddock and we're not quite at the command level. This was also sub 60 pitches and you got to wonder, are the Padres just going to let him throw 80 to 90 next time or are they going to ease him in a little bit more? Because mm-hmm. the Padres are weird like this. Uh, so it, th- there is some hesitation, but the fact that his fastball is... This is the best it's been all year. Actually, best since 2019, I would say, because it wasn't good at all last year. Mm. That's very encouraging. Now it's the next step of that command. 
All right, so let's move on to this next tier here then, which is, is a, four guys, a tiny little tier, tier eight. So what's going, on, what's going on with this group of guys? Because the last tier was pretty big. So what is this, all K upside and then Erod? These are the stash tier. This is the true stash tier. Okay, so essentially great. like, okay, uh, at this point, do I care about Shane McClanahan? Because, oh, yeah, I kind of do because he's at 80 pitches now, mm. but maybe not get those five innings next time. Sure. But I, I feel very strongly that Shane McClanahan can be an impact play this year if he does get that. So you're weighing the short-term versus long-term in this tier. Eduardo Rodriguez, if I can say his name. Eduardo was... Rodriguez. <laughs> nice remix I, I, saw, I saw Hail Caesar on Mother's Day. Oh, okay. Uh, the old Coen Brothers movie? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not that old. It's like two uh, yeah, years yeah, yeah, old yeah, or something. Right. Like no, that. two. That movie came out like six or seven years ago. No. Yeah, I think no, so. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not fast. Uh, it's 2016. Great... Yeah, that's five years. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. A little bit more oh than you thought. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, it's 21 fast. Okay. Yeah. Still, great movie. Uh and they yeah, they have like the 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 Roy Rogers kind of guy like completely mess up the uh Ralph Fiennes character. Um, okay. Um Ralph Fiennes, what how do you pronounce it? Ray Fiennes, Ray Fiennes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Makes anyway, no sense. spelled Ralph. Whatever. I just did that with Eduardo Rodriguez. Yeah. Uh <laughs> He doesn't have his fastball right now. It's kind of scary. It's two straight starts where he's hyper relied on that cutter to get those strikes instead of the four-seamer and sinker and mm. it's like, "Wait, what? You're not that's not you, Eduardo Rodriguez." Interesting. So I feel like it is a stash right now cuz you're you're expecting to come back, but it's not quite there and you don't know if you should be dropping for someone else. I uh, didn't also like I don't need to say more about that one. And then Shohei Otani is the other, who uh, I know you're putting a smile on your face. Well, yeah. why don't you read what I wrote? Uh, I okay. I wasn't. I didn't want to cheat. No, no, no. Go ahead. I didn't. <laughs> oh Lord, fast. What are you gonna write? I'd sure love to walk six and get a promotion. How did he walk six and rise again? How did he walk six batters? And he, so the biggest you was the command. He's got a thirty-eight thousand percent walk rate, and he rose one. How many hits did he allow? I don't know, like three? One. One, okay. How no one runs, runs over five. Have? Zero. What does that do to your whip? And all of a sudden, I, oh, I think I had like a 1.2 whip. So, okay, so let me build this up for later. You can fail in one category, be good in the other three, and still get a promotion. Okay, so here's the thing, Fast. What did I call this tier? Uh, yeah, I, 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 a nice stash upside voice. Yeah. <laughs> Quicker, fast, fast. Nice stash <laughs> upside voice. <laughs> the point is that I do think that Shohei Otani is getting better with each start. And the fact that I think that over time, this is, look, if you don't you don't want to do it, by all means, you're making the decision yourself. I just felt like a lunatic. He walks six and he goes up. Well, okay, going up also is relative. Yeah, I guess he didn't go up because DeGrom has gone and other people. Yeah, yeah okay. well, I like I that thing. It's that. always relative every single week. Sure. All right, it's not like I look at Shoei and go, pull him up, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was my best fast impression. I don't know if you could <laughs> tell. I agree that if he fixes the command, it's just really exciting, but it's also. It was also like, if you watched, I think. There was one inning where it was worse than the others. Okay. and But that's what it always is. It was the same thing with yeah. the Sunday night start where it was like against the White Sox where he was cruising and all of a sudden he just lost it. And once again, I, I feel like I have to reiterate every week because I know as soon as he has a great start, people are going to reach out to me. I am excited. About, I love oh, him. No. He's great. Don't He's do awesome. Fast. Don't do that But fast. I'm just telling you, it scares me. Yeah, scares well, of course me. it scares you. It scares me too. It scares all of us. That's yeah. why he's the stash tier. None of us have slept for months. Yeah. <laughs> Don't Tony. We just want you to be MVP. <laughs> Seriously. That's all we want. Oh, my God. How good would that be for baseball? It would be the best. And I then would we love have a strike. It would be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, all right. got to burn through these next ones. As, as you said, we're going to run a little bit long on this one. I'm not talking about Kyle Gibson again. Who? We know how he feels about him. Dylan Cease, Adbert Alzale, both rise 13 and 14 inside of Tier Look, 9. D- Dylan Cease, I just want to say this really quickly. Uh, four-seamer. Sorry, the slider's looking amazing. Mm. It's like this is the best slider I've seen from Dylan Cease. The four-seamer and changeup, I know he just struck out 11 against Cincinnati, or maybe it was in 10, something ridiculous, double digits. Uh, the fastball and change of command were not good. They were they were kind of erratic. It, it, they landed where they were, you know, effectively, but those are those were not like, oh, Dylan Cease is putting it together. Yeah. You know, the slider was great, but the others weren't, and I'm still a little bit cautious that that won't, uh, you know, he won't be good moving forward with that. You so. don't need to, but you don't, uh, the Reds, it feels like they're just swinging it a lot. It's weird. Right they're now. like really good or really bad. They're the cherry bomb of offenses. Yeah, it is. It's sometimes, uh, uh, yeah, they can explode and sometimes they are not great. Adbert nope. Alzale, he rose as well. He just did really another, well against the Dodgers. Yeah, so, another. all right. Decent schedule. Yeah. Uh, so, the next guy in tier 10, man, how far is Kyle Hendricks so going to fall, he, man? I think he got, uh, I think he had some bad luck against the Pirates. But, I mean, it's kind of crazy. All of a sudden, he goes against the Dodgers, and, okay, there is some sinker stuff. That's great. Yeah. But he didn't really have his curveball and changeup that one, but it was a better sinker commanded around the zone, right? And then he got the Pirates, and he had a 7% CSW on his changeup. That's, this is Kyle Hendricks' changeup. Yeah. 
I mean, that's a no, no, that can't that can't be it. And also, 86 on his actually, he's like right under 86 on his fastball, which is not. mm, It's scary. It's a little bit scary. But he also had some bad luck. He put himself in the position to have bad luck, is a way I like to put it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. If you're oftenly saying like a lot of guys, oh, he's just getting bad luck all the time and stuff. Let's well, he's in a position to have the bad luck, and like he's not overwhelming guys. He's not, you know. Yeah, that uh, you kind of understand what the common denominator is eventually. It's it's a little scary right now. It's not as scary. It's a little more optimistic for Garrett Richards, who rises six up to sixty nine. Now here's the thing: the slider isn't even there yet. Mm. Uh, but his four seamer, it's like Robbie Ray. He's just pumping it now in the zone. And instead of erratic, inefficient Garrett Richards, we're all of a sudden getting a guy who's throwing more strikes than he used to. But once he gets that slider back, I wonder where this can go. Yeah. Okay. Um, tier eleven. I'm deeming the Vargas reckoning. The Vargas uh, reckoning. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, because I think I think Nathan Eovaldi plummeted as a result. Yeah. Of that. He went against the uh, the the Tigers and Mariners. Failed. Yeah. So, so it's almost like the Vargas Reckoning, right? Yeah. He, he stopped. Uh, so Adam Wainwright, Vargas Reckoning, he falls 12 to number 80. Yeah, well, well Wayne, Wainwright just has a very tough schedule ahead. Oh, so it was more schedule moving this ahead. This one than is anything. like, ah, uh, the schedule is not very good for him. Yeah, he just had a really nice start against Rocky Road, but I'm not confident in the start to head. Dallas Keuchel, he falls 11 to 81. Uh, yeah, Dallas Keuchel is just, uh, he's like the ultimate Toby. And it's just like, yeah, he had one strikeout. Now, there is some positive. Matthew Boyd, he returns. He's at number 76. He was supposed to pitch yesterday. Game got rained out. Says the knee is feeling much better. That's good. Um, so, I mean. I, I just don't know where he's at. Like, yeah. I want, I've been waiting for the slider all, all year. We haven't yeah. seen it. That's. I was thinking about that a lot today about, like, is this it? Is the slider going to come back? Or is he another just fastball changeup guy who's not going to have a bunch of Ks, but is going to get through? Is he what, you know, Zach Ranky should have been? Where it's like he's going seven sure. and not getting Ks and being fine. Um, Wade Miley. I, I got to say, I mean. Uh, everyone joked around like, and now here we are. Wade Miley's throwing no hitters. Wade Miley's better than you think. Remember uh, that that strike zone plot was gorgeous. It was fantastic. Oh, it was fantastic. And what's crazy too is like, yeah, I mean it was predominantly against righties, and like when it was against lefties, it was more like kitchen sink. But that cutter was just Ooh, gorgeous. That was like it was in 2019, or actually really uh, second half of 2018. Yeah. Oh. It was nice. Lovely. It was nice to see. And I think he's a fun kind of stream moving forward. Yeah. Bad schedule. Yeah. It does. It, yeah. You know, remember that Twitch video I had? Like, what is gorgeous? Oh, Wade Miley's schedule? Yeah. 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 It's the opposite now. I, yeah. That it's kind of stinks. The, yeah. It really does. Miss the opportunity there. Luis Garcia, though, he rises 17 to 83. His stuff is better than I was giving you credit. <laughs> it's it's that you know that's pretty much what was going on. Uh, he's on like ninety four. He's got a good breaker, nice changeup at times too. There is a question about how long he's going to go for though, mm. uh, because Jacob Rizzi could be coming back and he would be taking Garcia's spot theoretically. You could say the same thing too. His stuff is better than we kind of anticipated about Tyler Anderson. Man, I mean eight innings pitched with two earned yeah. runs, four hits, one walk, bad and schedule. Six Ks. Bad schedule is coming up now. Uh, I'm not sure if I really want to jump in on it. I. I mean, sure, I but Kansas City, San Diego, and Chicago Cubs are not poor offenses, and he did really well against all three of them, never giving up more than two earned runs, getting so, a quality so start here's in all the three. Thing. Here's the thing. Mm. Uh, Giants, notorious for this. Do not start lefties against yeah, the Giants. Yeah, yeah. That's okay, his next enough. start. Yeah, all right. And then he gets Atlanta after that. Okay. Yeah, and they, I think, actually are pretty good against lefties because of Zacuna and then uh, and Albies and then Austin Riley and whatever. Yeah, okay. That's understandable. That's actually, understandable. I think, actually, Austin Riley's killing it against right-handers. It's, it's a weird He's thing. batting out of his mind right now, yeah. I believe. Um, Herman Marquez falls 15 to 87. If he didn't bounce back against the Cardinals yesterday, how much would he be off the list? He might. I mean, that was the thing is, that's the start that you have to start him for. If you're not starting him on the road against the Cardinals, then what are you doing with Marquez? Streamed him against Ben Palmer. There you go. Nice. (laughs) And the thing is, he had a slider and curveball. Mm. Like, he had a slider and curveball and another start. And then they're thinking, okay, maybe he can pull it. No, we can't. Oh, my Lord, Giants, please stop. Mm. You know, it's and that was a righty, but it doesn't matter. It was coarse. So it's just maddening. Yeah. And these are the kind of starts on the road against a middling or worse opponent is what you can do for Marquez. But theoretically, it's like 70, sorry, 25% of starts theoretically. That's not fun. Yeah. It's tough. Um, all right. Uh, tier 13, a bunch of young guns. Daniel Lynch, Tariq Skubal, and Nate Pearson all this appear This is the there. third stash tier. Okay. Oh, third stash this tier. This is essentially. So I actually think that Daniel Lynch's stuff is good. It's yeah. very good. He just he doesn't have the fastball command that scouting reports said he had. Yeah. And I can understand that. It's his first two starts. Like, okay, you need some time to get going on that. Yeah. You know, he still throws mid to upper 90s on that fastball. Uh, his slider misses bats, and he has a changeup there, too. I think that over time, especially if the Royals give him the opportunity, which it looks like they are, mm-hmm. 
Daniel Lynch could actually be something. And I know that sounds crazy after what he allowed. I don't even understand how he was in there to allow eight earned runs. Yeah. He allowed a home run, and then they let him in for Teller, uh, for uh, for Tim Anderson after. It's like, what are you doing? Why is he still in the game? Yeah. This is a young pitcher. Like, just don't do this to him. Yeah, it was brutal. That, that was rough. Yeah. I didn't like that whatsoever. Yeah, it's tough to see. Um, tell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pearson appears at 91, though. I mean, that's fun well, to see. Well, he just arrived, and he threw, had five walks against the Astros. Like, okay, it's just like Lynch. Like, you know that's not him. Who yeah, sorry, who Nate Pearson is. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, and then the final tier. I think Joe Ross, this might be his debut on the No, list. he was on it oh, like twice fell. ago. Then he keeps coming back and off and everything like that. And then fell off. So what do you see? He's just kind of like seamers a- and sinkers got whiffs against the Yankees, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if his slider is what it used to be back in the day. I remember like being hyped about Joe Ross in like 2015 or something. It was two seamers and sliders, and his slider was really good back then. It's not as good as it was still. I'm a little skeptical about the, the four-seamer and sinker, but hey, maybe he's worth a stream here and there. I think that perfectly sums there you up go, right? Joe Ross. Yeah. Um, I don't understand what you have against the most consi- consistent pitcher in baseball oh, no. in J.A. Happ. Oh, it's a bad schedule. Oh, is it? Yeah. I don't understand. This guy is he, you, you're guaranteed three strikeouts a game. <laughs> He's Why done is, it yeah. four starts in a row. What do I have against three strikeouts a yeah. game? Well, I don't know. You know I'm, what you're getting, Nick. I'm it's not a surprise. crazy. Yeah, that makes it easier to say don't start him twice against the White Sox. Don't start him twice against the White Sox. So his schedule so far has been Detroit, Boston, Pittsburgh, and he didn't even Cleveland, do well and Texas. Detroit. <laughs> no, he yeah, that was his that was his worst start with the yeah. three walks. <laughs> I'll say, man, it, it cracks me up. He's you know he's just Otani light. He's just giving okay. you yeah, because right. he's giving you he's not giving you he's giving you whip, but he's not giving you case. Only he's not giving you one of the three or one of the four. Only because it was your birthday. I'm gonna allow you to do this. Right oh, now. okay, great. I'm just saying if the logic with Otani is it's just one category he's missing out on. No, that's not even the logic at all. No, that's just you're, you're listen to it's yourself. my own inner narrative. It's yeah, my own. It's inner a fun narrative. one. We want to hear more of it fast. <laughs> no, you don't. Yes, we do. It's just it's just like <laughs> screaming every ten seconds. Sounds uh, about right. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. What a fun one. That was fun. Yeah. I hope. You know what, really, doing it by tears is not that much different than doing it before. Hopefully, you guys don't have a problem with that, but you can reach out and let us know if if, if you did. Um, But that is going to do it for episode number 258 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock, and we'll talk to you guys next week.